uh, yesterday. It was really sweet. Um, powerful, powerful testimonies from his kids. And um, yeah, it was, an, it was an incredible moment, wasn't it? You know, as, as believers, what gives us incredible hope in these moments is we know the way. We know the way that Ernie went because he followed Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, someday we'll be in the presence of God also in that respect. Amen? Amen. I know it's bittersweet, but at the same time, it's time to move, and it's time to move on. And I just want to challenge all of you to do just that. Continue to put one foot in front of the other. Amen? You know, we're singing that song, Sing a Hallelujah, and the joy that... I've got a ringing up here in my ears here. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, one of the things that we have to remind ourselves is that as God's people, it says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we should be some of the strongest, most joyful people on the planet. Amen? Amen. And we should be pointing the way to the place that joy comes from. And even when we're down and we're not feeling the greatest, the joy of the Lord is still our strength. Amen? I want to continue part two. You know me, I don't get a lot into review. You guys can go online and hear a lot of that, but there's a few things I want to hit. My, my sole purpose the last two weeks has been to ignite our hearts with what I feel God is calling us to this year and beyond. And I, I address the question, what does it mean that the kingdom of God suffers violence? You know, Matthew eleven twelve was our key uh, scripture. And it says, and this is Jesus. Jesus is talking to this large crowd. And all of a sudden, he's, he's commending John for all of the great things that John is doing and, and everything. We know that John has been imprisoned. And then all of a sudden, we find this place where Jesus kind of all of a sudden shifts gears. And he says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And we begin to break down what that scripture meant. You know, Jesus' statement that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence is, is an incredibly graphic picture of the enthusiasm and the excitement that was generated by John the Baptist and Jesus' teaching. We also read, and we read in a, in a similar statement recorded in Luke's gospel, that appears this is what Jesus had in mind. And, and, and it is Luke 16, 16. It says, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. All of the prophets were pointing to what John was talking about. And John is the last of his kind. He is the last of the Old Testament prophets. And it says, since that time, the good news of the kingdom, since John, since that time, the good news of the kingdom is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. So what we see was we see people who were, for 400 years, it was silent. Nothing but crickets. And when? Nothing from God. Then all of a sudden, John the Baptist bursts onto the scene, and he brings this message of hope. And people were hungry for the truth, and nothing was going to keep them away from the truth. For centuries, God's prophets had predicted the coming of the Messiah. And now that the Messiah was here, 
Nothing was going to hold back the flood of people pressing into the kingdom. Do you, do you have that imagery in your head? In other words, Jesus is saying that to come into the kingdom of heaven, it requires deliberate and purposeful and determined action. And then we looked at all of this the scriptural evidence, when you put it all together from Matthew 11 and Luke 16, we understand that the kingdom of heaven is advancing, but it's not without conflict. It's not without conflict. And there are forces of evil which oppose God's word and his work. How many know that to be true? Hello? It's not me. I tell you, the enemy does not want this message to get out, does it? It's weird. Last week was a challenge. And we see violent men working against God and his church in the world today. But God's kingdom is also coming with power. Hear me. And many people are being freed from the power of Satan as they take hold of the good news of Jesus, as they take hold of the whole gospel. We've talked about that. God wants you to understand the whole gospel, not just that your soul is saved and you can sit on the bench for the Jesus bus. It's so much more than that. It's the whole gospel, which includes healing and includes empowering you with truth and, and, and with the ability to go out and lay hands on the sick and to see captives set free. And then I finished out with this statement, which kind of, I could feel some people, whoa, wait a minute. And then I said, it's time. This year, it's time for us to get violent. <laughs> and I want to explain what I mean by that. <clears throat> I want us to get violent, and it's time to get violent from a kingdom of God's perspective. You know, kingdom violence is very different from worldly violence. Worldly violence all around us is nothing but chaos and mayhem and murder and, and holdups and all kinds of crazy things. You, you can't help but go through any television, and you can't get a glimpse of something on the, whatever, it's coming at us from all angles. Crime is certainly on the rise. It could be said, it could be said, I believe, that the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness, is suffering violence. And God really pointed out something to me in that thought. Remember, the enemy can only take and see what God is doing he cannot create, but he can twist and pervert. All you have to do is look at the natural to see what the enemy is up to. And what you see right now is a twisted and perverted expression of what God is doing in the supernatural with his plans for this purpose in this hour. What we have is the kingdom of God is pressing in since the time of John the Baptist and Jesus. It's pressing in now. It has broke forth into this moment. It's pressing down. And you know what? The kingdom of this world is pressing back. And I think in the last couple years, we've seen, we've seen so much accelerated. It's been happening for decades, but we've seen so much that now is visible. And we can go, oh, and those of you that have eyes to see and ears to hear, listen, this is what's happening. We're seeing because the enemy of God is pressing against and God's pressing down, but the veil's being pulled back. And we're seeing now what's going on. Whenever God releases a divine grace to do something in the supernatural, the enemy tries to slide under that grace and tries to twist, destroy, and pervert what God wants to do. 
Every single time. When you study any of the movements of God, you'll see that there's a spin-off of the enemy at the same time. He's trying to get in there. The enemy sees this wave crusting, and he says, how can I, how can I get into this momentum that the people of God are bringing, and, and, and what can I do to them to make them go and scatter? We must remember, though, guys, that the kingdom of God is first righteousness, peace, and joy. We also must realize and remember that our weapons, mm, they're not carnal. The weapons that we fight this war with, the weapons that we fight this battle with are not carnal. They're not man-made weapons. They're not bazookas and cannons. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, listen, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons that God has available to us have the power to demolish divine strongholds. Brings them down. It's time to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. It's time. And it's time to see the principalities destroyed. I'm telling you, the Hamans, as in Esther, the Hamans of the world, I believe they're going to be hung on their own gallows. I believe that Goliath's heads will be hung or will be <clears throat> cut off with their own swords. And listen, that the Jezebels, mm, they will be cast down by those they have dismissed as powerless and pointless. The enemy mm, has often tried to dismiss you and I as powerless and pointless. Have you ever felt that? Oh, you're just a believer. Sit down. <clears throat> Drives me crazy. God created all the beautiful things that we see. And, and then believers, we come along and we create all these artistic things and forms of expression of God. And the enemy gets a hold of this and he tells us, we created the bus that all hauls it all. God did. And the enemy comes along and says, get to the back of the bus. And some of us have given in to that. And we've taken our football, so to speak, and we've gone home. The Bible says those who the world sees as powerless and pointless, that when they respond to their king, like in the story of Jehu, Jehu wiped out the wicked house of Ahab. And Jehu, he, he's coming into the city, and here's Jezebel in her high tower, whatever fortress she's in. He's coming through the city. He had destroyed her son. He had destroyed everything around her. He's coming in to take her. And she's up just giving him a mouthful up in her high tower. And she's taunting him. And here's what he said. And he looked up at the window. This is in 2 Kings. He looked up at the window and he said, who is on my side? Who? And the word says three or more eunuchs put their heads out. And then he said, throw her down. Without question, I'm telling you that... Jezebel's spirit is the nastiest, most evil, most disgusting, most cunning, most seductive spirit that Satan has in his hierarchy. I'm going to tell you, that spirit not only affects women, it affects men too. So men don't think you're excluded from that. That spirit is mean, it's wicked, it's divisive. It's the spirit that we're seeing today driving this worldly violence. <clears throat> The world looks at Christians and says they're powerless and they're pointless, but I'm telling you, this is our moment. If you're hearing this, guys, it's time. It's time to storm the kingdom. It's time to take this back.
It's time to fight back the kingdom way. And you know, here's the interesting thing. God only needs one person to stand in the high place. Do you hear me? In the Old Testament, it was Elijah on top of Mount Carmel. And in the New Testament, it's on top of the cross, and it's you and I calling forth the fire of God. We should, you guys should be excited about this. I don't want to yell at you, but I can. <clears throat> it's time. It's time to stand up on top of the cross. Get up on the cross and call down the fire of God on all of these wicked things that are going on. Call the fire of God down on all the wickedness in the high places. Call it down and watch God destroy those things. God's calling us to that power and that authority. When we read the kingdom of God suffers violence, it sounds to me as if the kingdom can put up with it. In the Greek, it's interesting. The word suffer and violence are the same word. It's a Greek word, biatso. And it means to use power to forcefully seize or lay hold of something with a positive aggressiveness. <clears throat> That's an illustration. To advance forcefully. Biazzo is only used twice in the New Testament, this, this Greek word. And both times it's used in a positive way. It's a positive assertiveness, I wrote, used by the believer living in faith with the Holy Spirit, guiding and empowering them to act forcefully. It's like getting fired up for God. It's you getting a download and a revelation that this is my calling. And I'm going to go after it with all of my heart. I'm going to seize hold of what God has for me. And I'm going to take it. And I'm going to pull it into the here and now. And I'm going to run with it. And I've watched you guys. There's some of you in this room that have realized, this is my calling. And I'm going to reach into heaven. I'm going to grab it with all of my... I'm tired of sitting on the bench. I'm tired of hearing about... The baby's coming, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. Well, when do we get to hold the baby? It's now. This is the time. This is the moment. Guys, you guys should get excited about what God has done. If the Messiah truly is Jesus, and we know we read and we see that Jesus came and he died, if that's the case, we should be excited about this and ready to move forward. You know, you can reach into the kingdom and pull down the keys right now that will unlock the chains. And set people free. Things like love, peace, joy, spiritual gifts. All of this equals heavenly resources. In Matthew 11, Jesus actually points out that kingdom violence is the answer to times of worldly and political turmoil. This overarching, overreaching control. This tyranny and religious corruption that we're seeing today. That was, that was happening in Jesus' day, and he came to take care of all that. The spiritual atmosphere of Jesus' time was very much like the world today. You have to realize, it, I think it was even a tad bit darker because Jesus had not surrendered and given himself up to the cross yet. But at the moment he died and he resurrected, he took the power back. He took the keys. He took it all. And he went up and he's sitting at the right hand of the throne right now with the Father, interceding for us. <clears throat> he left his heavenly throne, I wrote, and he said, I'm going to take care of this darkness, but I'm also going to show them how to move through it and, through, and move out of it. There is nothing too dark. There is nothing too gone for Jesus. 
Trust me. You can look at the darkest situation right now. Man, I've been studying some of Heidi Baker's stuff, and she went into some of the most darkest places on the planet. My daughter Emily had an opportunity to go with Heidi and be in the mission field with her, and she said, Dad, we went into some of the most darkest, freakiest, you could feel the evil, <clears throat> and we got to see God move. We got to see blind eyes open. We got to see deaf people here. We got to see people delivered from stuff that I had no idea what that was, Dad, but it was wicked. She showed us pictures of, of all of the people out there worshiping God, and at the time, they didn't see it, but I have pictures where there's fire dancing on people's heads. One of these days, I'm gonna try to get it so I can show you guys. It is so powerful. She said, Dad, this was not in the visible. When we took the pictures, it showed up in the developed film. <clears throat> then Jesus said, I'm gonna, he came and he said, I'm going to be the body for three and a half years, and then I'm going to have them be the body for rest of all time. You and I, we're the, we're the body of Christ for the rest of all time. That's who we are. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. And the word says it's time for the sons and daughters of God to arise. The world is waiting. The world is moaning and crying out for sons and daughters of the living God to stand tall in this moment and take back what the enemy has stolen. Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the, heaven, of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm telling you, keys equal authority. Keys equal access. You want to get into a room around here? You got to find somebody who's got a key. <laughs> you, I bet every one of us has a wad of keys at home. We have no idea what the... I got this jar of keys, and it's like, I have no idea. Put it back on the shelf. My wife's like, why don't you mark them? Oh, that's too simple. <laughs> Fortunately, in the office, someone was smart enough to put a box in with everything numbered. Without that, we'd be lost. <clears throat> Uh, the problem is, we who do have the keys of the kingdom, we've not been forcefully and actively using them to advance the kingdom of God. We're just kind of getting our head around this. Unfortunately, all too often, we give in to apathy or fear of, of worldly violence around us. We get into these flame wars on Twitface. Is that it? Oh, Twitter, I'm sorry. <laughs> Facebook and other social media platforms, and, 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 and instead of using the keys to access with positive assertiveness, we take a lower road. God wants us to use keys. I've watched some of you on Facebook put on some of the most amazing things, and you articulate it so well, that rocks. But when you get caught up with the arguments of others and the foolishness of man, it's just, it's a wash. Until now, this needs to change. The answer is not, now hear me, the answer is not in some kind of physical uprising as the world and as we see the world doing currently. I'm not saying run home and get your pitchforks, your torches, your bazookas, whatever. It's not what I'm saying. Yes, people argue, Jesus did say, go buy a sword. But when Jesus took inventory, when you look, that whole scripture reference is, it has a whole different reason than what most people want to think about. 
And I'm not going to go there other than to say this. Jesus took inventory, and he says, how many do we have? They said, we have two. He said, that's plenty. And then when they tried to unsheath their swords, pull them out of the scabbers, Jesus said, put it away. We really need to see that in this moment as believers, our position is not some worldly revolution where we're going to screaming and running through the streets. That's not who we are. It's the starting of a kingdom of God revolution. It's not a revolution of the sword. It's a revolution of the heart. Are you hearing this? And I'm all for standing up and being assertive and forceful in the places we need to. And God bless you. Some of you have risen to that challenge and you're doing it so well. But you're not being belligerent. You're not screaming in people's faces. And you're reaching into the heavens and you're pulling the authority of God. And you're speaking with authority. And it's being heard. I believe that it's being heard. Slowly, it's being pushed, the enemy. But here's the big key, and I want you to understand this. In reading of Matthew chapter 11, one of the scriptures I kind of glazed over and went over really fast was this. It's in Matthew 11, 11. It says, truly, Jesus is talking, truly I tell you, among those born of woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Okay? Then he says, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than He, John the Baptist, Jesus is saying in this moment, all, everyone who is not an angel, everyone who is not a demon, there is not one greater than John the Baptist, but he says, he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, John the Baptist. So under the old covenant, there was no one greater than John. It's what we read. But when you and I step from the kingdom of darkness, and we stepped into the kingdom of light. When we became sons and daughters of the Most High God, we became citizens of the kingdom. All of a sudden now, we have full access to the kingdom and all of the resources of the kingdom of heaven. So what am I saying? Under the new kingdom, under the new covenant, the least are the greatest. Are you hearing this? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to shake off the lie. The lie that says you're powerless, the lie that says you're pointless, the lie that says that you'll never amount to anything, all those things that have been spoken over you in your past that are all lies, you'll never be, why can't you be like your sister, why can't you be like your brother, how come you can't be like, stop it, that's all a lie, shake it off. Jesus says in this scripture, you are greater than the greatest, John the Baptist, you are greater The first thing you need to do, if you can get your heart around this, is grab the keys that God has already placed in your hand. Grab them and violently take hold of who you truly are in Christ with forceful, positive aggressiveness and lay hold of how the kingdom of God sees you. You're not a wimp. You're a warrior. Every one of you, you're warriors. You're princes and princesses. You're warrior princes, warrior princesses. And we're called to this. We were created for such a time as this because God raised us up as wonky as all of us are and whatever's going on. At the same time, God says you're the greatest of the greatest. I'm calling you to this. Listen to me, please. You matter. You are important. You get to play in the game. And you are a solution maker for every sphere of influence that you put your foot in. That's who you are. 
Yesterday, I, we, got to witness how much influence that Ernie had on people's lives. He believed this stuff with all of his heart. And if he touched your life in any way, what are you doing with it? Think of all the people that have poured resources into your life to help you be strong in Jesus. What are you doing with it? Are you watching the world go by just sitting there doing nothing? I'm telling you, God is on the move. The kingdom is going to keep advancing with or without you. There's nothing. If we won't do it, Jesus will have the rocks and the trees cry out. I'm telling you, that's who you are. We're warriors. And we're called to stand tall. Again, you matter. You are important. And you get to play in the game. And again, you are a solution maker for every sphere of influence. God has placed some of you in some of the crummiest situations you think in your mind. But God placed you there to be an influence changer, a new way maker. Whatever it is, God has called you to that place. And here you're like, I I can't stand it, Father. I just can't be here. God's going, I called you to that place. You have what you need. Reach up, grab it, pull it into that circle of influence that you're in. The kingdom of God can be seized. It can be grabbed hold of by those who are willing to force past anything that would tell them that they are limited, anything that would tell them they're powerless, anything that would tell them that they're pointless. I had this grandmother. She was a rather large woman. And she had a purse that must have weighed 40 pounds. And, and when she was driven by something, one time I was, she, she was, she's the only person I ever knew as mom, was my grandmother. And she loved me dearly. And one time I <clears throat> got in this restroom and they had a little thing you flip down to hold the door. Somehow I flipped it down and it locked the door. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to get out. And I'm pulling, I'm in there freaking out. Here come my grandma. <clears throat> with, with, forceful, positive aggressiveness, she was not going to let her grandson stay in that bathroom. She, she's, bam, she's banging against the door with all she's got. I can see the door go, boom, 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 boom. Finally, I hear some guy yelling, hey, hey, lady, whoa, 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 stop. And she said, what, he said, what are you doing? She said, my grandson is in there and I'm going to get him out. <clears throat> she got me out. Otherwise, I wouldn't be standing here today. I'd still be in there. (laughs) Guys, what I'm saying is that I'm saying what Jesus is saying. All of the kingdom is available to you on the earth, but you need to be active. Man, just, just look at the history when Jesus came, how much of an impact he had. You had people climbing on roofs to get to see Jesus. The paralytic guy, man, they're on the, they couldn't get through the crowd, so they crawl up on the roof. They tear the roof apart, and they lower the guy down. That's how hungry they were. Jesus is feeding the 5,000. They were coming after him to make him king, and Jesus knew that. So he kind of skidded off into the, his, into, the, into the wilderness and got away for a moment. Everywhere you see people, the impact that Jesus had on people was unbelievable. Guys, it's time to pull on the testimonies. Think about this for a moment. Okay, God, I want to move forward. I want to move forward. Here's what you need to do. You need to pull on the testimonies. 
Read testimonies. Read testimonies. And you need to pull on the miracles and you bring them by force into the here and the now, into whatever situation that you're ministering in until you see results. John Wimber, he prayed for I don't know how many, hundreds of people before he saw his first healing. I want to be that person. I'm not going to give up on healing. Jesus is saying, this is the answer in the world. It's time to get violent, but not by the way the world gets violent, but by kingdom violence, to be energetic and to be forceful, to grab hold of the realities of the kingdom of God and pull them into every situation in every place that you put your foot. There is an answer for a problem. Oh, my goodness. The kingdom is advancing. How about you? Are you going to advance? I tell you, I'm so excited about what's coming in the future. I'm so excited. I can look at all the smoke and all the buildings and all that stuff, torch, and to me, I can see beyond that. And I can see that God is also advancing as well. I'm not going to be distracted by the smoke and the fire. I'm going to be looking to the King of Kings for divine answers for those situations. Rebecca, you want to come on up? Rebecca Moran is one of those people in our fellowship who, she's on fire. And she's going after the things of God. And she came up with this brilliant, brilliant, uh, I think a divine idea. I want her to share because she wants to invite all of you to come to it. So, oh, yeah. Got to go red light. Okay, so God has been stirring revival in me, and if you are at my house very long, you will notice um, the blaring worship music every morning. I can't get out of bed unless I have it blaring. I just, I don't find motivation in this world, and so my motivation comes from God. Oh, that's so good. And... I told the elders, I said, I have to have an outlet for this. It's just, it's driving me nuts. And I have just felt God drawing me to have a night of deliverance. And so uh, it's going to be called Freedom Night. And it is on February 11th at 7 o'clock. So mark it on your calendars. Uh, Bring friends, family, family. people that are just living in bondage that just cannot seem um, to get victory in their lives. Uh, I believe with all my heart that revival is coming. I believe it, but as a church, we can't be in the apathetic, lukewarm complacency that we've been living in. And I believe that that's why, you know, the world sees us as weak. They laugh at us. And um, that can't continue to happen. And so um, I believe that once the church finds out who they are in Christ, um, when the Lord puts his desires in our hearts, uh, revival is going to come. And we will be set free. The enemy will have no right uh, to stand on us any longer yeah. and keep us down. So good. So good. So get the word out. You know, we're not, 
practicing formulas or anything. We're just following God's heart. And God said, lay hands on the sick. And I'm going to press into that with all of my heart. Amen? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would download a divine revelation into everyone's heart in this room. That you would show them that you have called them. Father, that you would show them that you have a a plan and a path forward for them. That's amazing as they trust in you. And Father, I I do want to ask God if there's someone in this room that doesn't know the way. They do not know, you do not know Jesus This would be a great opportunity for you to ask him into your heart. And if you want a prayer for that, you want to talk about that, I'm I'm all ears. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, I just pray that this week we would have an incredible revelation of how great we are in you, God. We would have an incredible download, again, of your plans and your purposes for our lives. And Father, that we would have the courage to stand up to reach into the heavens and pull down all that you have for us so that we can fight this good fight in a powerful and awesome way, God. Ah, and we just thank you, and we all said amen. Amen. God bless you. If it helped pick up a few chairs, that would be awesome. And uh, have a glorious day.